Old Radio. Old Radio. Old Radio. Old Radio. Old Radio. Comedy Podcast. Welcome to episode 90 of season 4 of the Old Radio Comedy Podcast. Fibber McGee and Molly and the Great Gildersleeve are almost synonymous with each other despite the former coming first and spinning off the latter. One of the longest-running and most successful radio sitcoms of all time, Fibber McGee and Molly set the standard in its day for how great comedy radio shows were produced. Starring real-life husband and wife Jim and Marion Jordan, it ran from 1935 to 1959 with thousands of produced episodes, a full orchestra, in-house live studio audience, and some of the best scriptwriters in the business. It spawned one of the very first radio spin-offs when the character Throckmorton P. Gildersleeve, played by Harold Perry, was given his own show, The Great Gildersleeve, in 1941. That show was also immensely successful, and featured Gildersleeve moving to the fictional town of Summerfield from Fibber McGee and Molly's fictional Wistful Vista, where he worked as the city water commissioner, and raising his orphaned nephew and niece, Leroy and Marjorie, played by Walter Tetley and Lorene Tuttle, respectively later by Louise Erickson and Mary Lee Robb. Others in the cast were Lillian Randolph as housekeeper Bertie, Richard Crenna as Bronco, Richard Legrand as Peavy, Mel Blank and Arthur Bryan as Floyd Munson, and Ken Christie as police chief Donald Gates. The show ran from 1940 to 1954, with Perry being replaced as Gildersleeve in 1950 by Willard Waterman. Now sit back and enjoy the November 8, 1949 broadcast of Fibber McGee and Molly, and the October 9th, 1946 broadcast of The Great Gildersleeve. Johnson Dwight Program with Fibber McGee and Molly. The makers of Johnson Dwight and Johnson's self-polishing glow coat present Fibber McGee and Molly with Bill Thompson, Gail Gordon, Cliff Arquette, and me, Harlow Wilcox. The script is by Don Quinn and Phil Leslie. Music by the Kingsmen and Billy Mills Orchestra. Tonight, for the first time, we bring you news of the most important development in floor care in 15 years. Tonight, we introduce the one self-polishing floor wax that is positively water-repellent. It's Johnson's new water-repellent glow coat. Now, here's what this means to you. At last, there is a self-polishing floor wax that does not streak, does not leave drab spots behind when you wipe up still things. Dishwater, ice cubes, spilled drinks can be whisked away without leaving any mark. You don't wipe off the floor wax when you wipe up the water. And remember, the hard, glistening shield new glow coat forms on your floors not only won't streak nor leave drab water spots, not only gives a lustrous shine without polishing, it also cuts floor care in half. Eliminate hard scrubbing. And it's the most economical floor polish there is because it stays on, stays bright, even after repeated damp mopping. Tomorrow, first thing, get the self-polishing floor wax that is positively water-repellent. Johnson's new glow coat. At your dealers now in the same familiar glow coat package. As females go, Molly McGee of 79 Westville Vista is practically fearless. 
Mice and lightning and sounds in the night, she dismisses with a ladylike shrug. The only thing that will reduce this otherwise intrepid person to a mass of quivering, terror-stricken womanhood is her husband's announcement that he is going to fix something. <laughs> like now, as we meet, Sibber McGee and Molly. Please, McGee, please, for the sake of our happy little home, please do not do it. But, Molly, I got the urge. And you know me, when I get the urge to fix something, I just got to do it. Oh, dear. Now, let me see. How long has it been since I took the vacuum cleaner apart? Not long enough. And leave the toaster alone and the washing machine and the refrigerator. Oh, gee whiz, my gosh. A man's got to have a hobby. And my hobby is that I like to tinker with stuff. I know, lover. But your tinkering is always so expensive. Huh? Put a dollar sign in front of the word tinker and what have you got? Why, Molly What kind of a way is that to refer to a guy that all I'm trying to do is to... Oh, dear, somebody's adorned me standing here waving a dish towel like it was a distress signal And don't think it isn't if you try to fix something You see what this, McGee, while I take off this apron and fix up a little Okay, dream stuff Now, there goes a good kid Always gets in a panic when I start to fix something just because I got five thumbs on each hand in any reason to why. Come in. Hi, mister. Oh, hello there, Teeny. Hi. Can you direct me to the name of a good jeweler, mister? And can you please? And can you? Hmm? A jeweler? Well, frankly, sis, I don't do much business with jewelers except... Hey, what's that? That thing you got under your arm there. Looks like a cuckoo clock. Oh, this thing? Yeah. Well, the reason it looks like a cuckoo clock, mister, is that it is a cuckoo clock. Oh, he doesn't cuckoo, it's busted. Sis, this is fate. This is destiny. No, this is a cuckoo clock. Clock. Oh. Yeah, clock. <laughs> oh, he doesn't cuckoo, so if you'll direct me to the name of a good jeweler. No. Hmm? I says no. You're going to just leave that with me. I'll have that thing running and cuckooing before you can say I wish I hadn't done it. <laughs> Here, sis. I'll let no, Mister, no, please, no. I'd rather take it to a jeweler. What's the matter? You think I can't fix it? Oh, sure, you can fix it. I bet you, you fixed a lot of things for me, but well, then I don't see why I can't but fix it. Gee, you never fixed them. Any of them very good. Huh? You fixed my tricycle. Not only go around in a circle, and when you painted my coaster wagon, it dripped all over my dog market, and everybody laughed at him because nobody ever saw a green fox terrier before. <laughs> Yeah, but now look, sis. And you... when you fixed my skipping rope, oh boy, I told it was too short and you told me I wasn't jumping high enough. <laughs> and, and when I fell down on my... Hey, sis. Back porch, hmm? <laughs> look, sis, I might have fumbled a few of them other jobs, but think of the experience I've had since then. Give me a crack at that cuckoo clock. I guarantee satisfaction. No, mister. I'm sorry. It may be more expensive to take it to a jeweler, but... I'll give you a quarter if you let me work on it. Fifty cents. Thirty-five. Thirty. Forty-five. Sixty. Seventy-five. Okay, here's the cross. Here's the six bits. Now, what are you going to do with it? I'm going to put it with all my other money, I betcha. Good for you. Piggy bank, huh? Nope. Kramer soda fountain. <laughs> Thank you, mister. Go on, Kramer. Uh, McGee, you ought to be ashamed of yourself. Taking advantage of a little child. 
bargain her down from 25 cents to 75 cents. <laughs> down? Why, that little bandit. She took me for 50 cents. If I ain't the biggest... Uh, McGee, who was that at the door? I thought... Well, what on earth is that? This? It's a cuckoo clock, kiddo. I'm going to fix it for Teeny. Ain't that wonderful? I've never worked on a cuckoo clock before. You've never tried cracking walnuts with dynamite either, but one of these days you will. <laughs> oh, this will be a breeze, kiddo. All you got to do is open this little door here. Make a minor adjustment that... Well, how time flies. Ah, isn't this wonderful? Hand me my pliers, Tootsie, and stand up. Billy Mills, the orchestra, and dear hearts and gentle people. Tighten the spring a little. That's the second time. Well, how's the clock coming along, Mr. Ingersoll? Got it licked yet or vice versa? Mm. Help me pick up these parts, will you, Molly? That answers my question. Oh, I'll I'll get it worked out, okay? Don't worry. I'm going to try a different hookup this time. Put the spring in first. Then this bunch of wheels with the flat sides. I'll tie the tail of the cook hook. Little woodpecker tried to bite my nose off. <laughs> Why don't you put that clock in the sack and pick it down to do Boy, oh boy, I got it to cuckoo. And besides that, the works didn't leap out all over the floor this time, too, either. They stayed in it. Oh, boy, I'll have this thing fixed before. Oh, Bobby, hi there, pal. Well, good afternoon, Mr. Wilcox. Come in. Hi, Junior. Walk easy, will you? I'm fixing the bird. How's that, pal? Well, he's working on a cuckoo clock, Mr. Wilcox, for little teeny down the street. Oh, well, that's very interesting. But look, kids, I've got news. Big news. Yes, we know, Mr. Wilcox. Every week your news is... Oh, but this is new news. Look, we've got a new wax, a new glow coat. My gosh, son. I'm just getting used to the old glow coat, and here you come leaping in. Oh, oh, but this, this, this is the greatest new development in floor care in 15 years, pal. Johnson's new water repellent glow coat. Water repellent. Oh, that's good, isn't it? <laughs> oh, I don't know about that. Molly's Uncle Dennis is water repellent. <laughs> to him, water is the most repellent. Oh, no, no, no. No, no, listen. Listen, think of having a new kind of Johnson's glow coat that positively does not leave drab, dull spots when you wipe up still things. Personally, I think it's the one... Johnson's self-polishing water repellent glow coat, the first of its kind. It stays on and it stays bright. A polish that sums its wax at a damp month. 
It's that your dealers now in the same familiar glow package. Oh, hey, by the way, pal. Yes, Waxy? There's a tip for you in what I just told you. Oh? Take a hint from this great new Johnson's glow coat and apply it to your own career. His own career? You mean... Yes, you too can be a success if you stay on and stay bright. So long, kids. <laughs> Did you hear that, Molly? I'm hurting it, kiddo. That door slam did it. Three times it cuckooed this time. Boy, oh boy, I'll lick this baby yet. Wonderful, dearie. And just think you've still got enough odd wheels lying around the table there to build six more clocks. Heaven forbid. Oh, boy. Come in. Oh, dear. Oh, it's his honor, the mayor. Hello, Mr. Mayor. Hello, Mrs. McGee and McGee. Well. Sit down and wipe the puzzled look off your postal trip. I'm fixing the clock, is all. A cuckoo clock. Oh, very interesting. I have a rather extensive collection of clocks, you know, as a hobby. Is that so? Oh. <laughs> yes, yes. I bought a beautiful clock at a sale just the other day, in fact. Hmm. Quite an old one. It's a grandfather's clock. Really? Whose? Uh, <laughs> Whose? Yeah, yeah. Whose grandfather's clock is it? Nobody's grandfather's, McGee. The clock is simply called... My grandpa you... had one a told day of the month. The season, phase of the moon, how many shopping days till Christmas, and red palm. But it wouldn't tell time. <laughs> we had to use a dollar watch to see what No, that. no, no. You don't understand at all. This clock... What kind it... of a clock is it, Mr. Mayor? Is it an alarm clock? Because The I... one my grandpa had was a tall one with a door in it. We used to play hide-and-seek in it until one day my big brother was in there when it struck 12 and would like to beat his brains up before... <laughs> Oh, stop this, Nellie, stop there. Huh? Still enough, sir. No. Nonsense. Look, this ridiculous oh, argument... Oh, now, now, Mr. Mayor. Let's not forget that we are, first of all, gentlemen. Except me, of course. Guys, yeah, don't come in here with that double talk of yours and try to louse us up like that, Latrivia. Well, I... I'm busy, boy. I'm fixing a clock. Yes, but tell me one thing, Mr. Mayor. How did your dear old grandfather like the clock you bought him? Yeah, if he wants me to fix it, so it'll cuckoo the trip. Have your grandpa bring it into me, and I'll be glad to... I didn't buy my clock store a good cook. What? A cook store a clock store. I didn't say I bought a grandfather my clock father. Feather, smoother, Look, when I said I clock my grandfather's feathered cook, well, my grandfather's block, the bloke, I didn't... You're the one that tried to confuse me, tried to abuse me, refuse me. I was a... You were the one that... I wasn't trying to... I had your brains. Really? Well, that's very flattering, Latrib. You'd like to have my brains, eh? Yes. In a four-ounce bottle of alcohol. <laughs> a three-ounce bottle would do it. Good day! Hey, Molly, the clock. I fixed it. The door slam did it. Oh, boy, I told you I could fix it. Yeah, but McGee shut it off. It'll wear out if I let it. Hey, I can't make it stop cooking. My gosh, I can't get it stopped. It keeps cooking, oh, cooking. Oh, dear. Shake it. Oh. Thump it on the table, dearie. You'll oh, rope it. Oh. Oh
help me pick him up again, will you? That rap, that rap. Big man and mule train. Mule train. Seems as how they'll never stop. Liberty Cop Mule It's a dreadful thing indeed. Oh, the monkey's in the heart. Hey, Molly. Yes, Jerry? I think I got this thing about whip. Aha. How's that, kiddo? Well, it struck three o'clock, all right. What time is it? 4.30. <laughs> but the hands point to 9.45. Well, anyway, I got it just about all put together. Frankly, dearie, I'll be happy if you just get the clock back to teeny in time. Or, uh, get her back here in one piece. Yeah. You know, if I were her mother and this was my clock, why, I'd... Oh, my gosh, I hope that ain't her. I need a little more time on this thing. Oh, no, not so much. A couple of hundred years ought to be enough. Come in. Oh, for goodness sakes, if it isn't the old timer. Oh, hi there, old timer. Hello there, daughter. Hi, Johnny. He and Bessie was just out for a walk and, uh... Hey, what's fiction, Johnny? Something? <laughs> a cuckoo clock, old timer. But did you say you were out walking with your girl? Yes. Uh, where is Bessie now? Out in front, sitting on the steps. Her corn's hurt. <laughs> well, bring her in. My God. Sure. We'd love to meet her, Mr. Oldtimer. Is she pretty? <laughs> well, some say she is, daughter, and some say... Well, let's just put it this way, kid. <laughs> yeah? If you got that clock running, don't let Bessie look at it. <laughs> Embarrass a girl in case it stopped. And oh, I... that's okay. Well, call her in, old timer. Hey, Bessie, Bessie, it's okay. Put them letters back in the mailbox and come on in, baby. Okay, okay, here I am, honey. 
sir. I want you kids to meet up with the sweetest little girl in the world. My Bessie. Bessie, this here is Bessie and Mrs. McGee. Well, how do you do, I'm sure. Hi, Bessie. Well, now, I'm awful glad to know you all. I'm a southern girl, that's why I say you all. <laughs> all of us all in the south, we all say you all. Of course, if any of you all live with us all in the rest of time, you all would be saying us all just like we all. <laughs> that's because when we all... Easy there, Bessie. <laughs> baby. Don't get so far south, you can't get back. <laughs> oh, dear, oh, now you stop your teasing me, old tease. Do I understand you two are engaged to be married? Is that right? Yep, been engaged since 1934. <laughs> he and Bessie, we believe in long engagements. Yeah. Don't we, Bessie? Yes, we do, O.T. I never forget what my old mammy used to say down on the plantation. <laughs> mammy used to look at me with them big old eyes, and she'd say, Honey, child, she'd say... Stock company mammy, if I ever heard one. <laughs> oh, I'm serious. Don't be rude. Yes, Bessie? Honey, child, she'd say, Stay engaged as long as you can. Because the longer you is engaged, the shorter you is married. <laughs> Did you ever meet in the first place? Well, I... Oh, handle this, Bessie. <laughs> yes, O.T. Bessie gets to running off the jaw, kid. <laughs> and trying to hog conversation. <laughs> well, sir, I was a traveling salesman driving through the south and my car busted down. I knocked at the door of the farmhouse. Well, where have I heard that before? <laughs> well, sir, Bessie's papa, he was a part-time policeman in them parts. We all call them share coppers down there. <laughs> Oh, brother. <laughs> coppers. Bessie, you're cute. <laughs> that ain't the way I hear it. Oh, dear. The way I hear it, one fella says to tell the fella, say, he says, I've got a great idea for color television on black and white sets. Is that so, says to the fella? How's that? Well, says the first fella, just line up a show with Ben Blue, Red Skelton, Mitzi Green, Joey Brown, Ginny Gray, and Pinky Lee, and get it sponsored by the Yellow Cab Company in East Orange. <laughs> well, come on, Bessie, so long, kid. I'll tie you all. <laughs> What were we all doing before you all let them all in? You all were fixing to finish fixing that all cuckoo clock. Oh, yeah. My gosh, I better hurry, too. Although you got to admit I haven't done such a bad job on this thing. Well, I will admit it's all in one piece, at least. Yeah, and I got it to cuckoo, too. Of course, it don't run, but you can't have everything. Didn't even cuckoo when Teeny brought it in here. But now, look. All I got to do is set the hands at this 6.30, like this. And... Amazing. How did you do it? Oh, dear. Come in. Hi, Mr. McGee. Oh, hi, sis. Well, I got just about fixed for you. Hello, Teenie. Mr. McGee has been doing some very interesting things with your clock. You betcha. Oh, boy. Have you, Mr. McGee? Does it cuckoo hold that Sure it does. Just a second, I'll show you. I want to make one more little tiny adjustment in the back here first. One little bitty teensy turn of this screw here. That. Oh! Ah! Oh! Oh! Ah! Mr. McGee, I look 
what you went and did. You said you'd fetch my coffee. No, 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 no. Now, don't start crying, sis. I'm my guy. I'm the clumsiest butterfly. Look, I'll tell you what. You take it down to the jeweler and have him send me the bill. I'll sweep it into a bag for you and you can fix it. Yeah, but he, if he can't fix it. Oh, sure, he can fix it. I'll bet he can fix it as good as Mr. McGee did, Jeannie. Maybe even better, I hope. Yeah, yeah sure he yeah, can. Yeah, maybe he can fix it. Mr. McGee got it so messed uh, up. I know, I know, I know. I'm an old. But let's keep my name out of this, sis. I'll tell you what, here's a buck for you. And if anybody asks you how the clock got so snarled up, you tell them, tell, tell them you fell down with it. Huh? How about that? Mister, I can't tell falsehood, not for any amount of money. Oh, yeah. But look, for three dollars, I will fall down with it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll do a somersault down your front steps that will smash the daylights out of That's it. the deal. Here, three bucks. Thanks, Mr. Oh, boy, three dollars. Twelve chocolate sodas. Hey, Jeannie. Oh, wait a minute, Jeannie. Yeah, you're forgetting the clock, sis. Here, take it along. Oh, who wants that old thing, mister? You can have it. What? Yeah, but what if your folks want your family? My family never saw it, mister. I found it on Toops' trash pile. Oh. Come on, Well, I'll be, uh... You be Peter and Molly return in a moment. Here is the most dramatic statement in the history of self-polishing floor waxes. Johnson's new glow coat is positively water repellent. Now, here's what that means to you. New water repellent glow coat now gives you a brighter kitchen while it saves you hours of hard work. Because it is water repellent, new glow coat does not lose its shine even after repeated damp mopping. Does not streak. Does not leave drab spots behind when you wipe up still things. And that solid surface of tough, shining wax means much more besides. It means quick mopping instead of hard scrubbing. Far less wear on floors and linoleum. It means far greater economy, too. Johnson's new glow coat stays on, stays bright. Not days, but weeks longer. Get Johnson's new water-repellent glow coat tomorrow. It's in the same familiar glow coat package at your dealer's. was a wasted afternoon, wasn't it, dearie? Yeah, it sure was. That'll teach me never to monkey around something I don't know any... I'll get it. Hello. Yeah, this is him. Oh, hi, Ed. Huh? It is? Well, now I never did, Ed, but... Huh? Oh, well, that should be fairly simple. Well, sure, you hold everything. I'll be right down, Ed. Yeah, so long, Ed. I'll see you later, Molly. i got to run down to the city hall. What for, and who's that? He's the chief maintenance man down there. Says the city hall clock is stuck. I'm going to help him fix it. Oh, dear. Yeah, good night. Good night, all. The makers of Johnson's Wax and Johnson's Self-Polishing Glow Coat, Racine, Wisconsin, and Brantford, Canada, bring you Fiddle McGee Molly each week at this time. Be with us again next Tuesday night, won't you? The Kraft Foods Company presents The Great Gildersleeve. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's The Great Gildersleeve, starring Harold Perry, brought to you by the Kraft Foods Company, makers of parquet margarine and a complete line of famous quality food products. (laughs) 
Well, let's see now what Gildersleeve has been up to. I doubt really that Gildersleeve himself could tell you. Since the day he learned that his old flame, Leela Ransom, was pledged to marry another, he has lived in a daze, busying himself about unimportant things and trying to put out of his mind the thought of his impending loss. But inevitably it has come, the moment he has been dreading. It came when he wasn't looking. He was lingering late at the breakfast table, scanning the paper and putting away a few fried eggs when the doorbell rang. Toast in one hand and napkin in the other, he rose and stepped to the door, wiping his mustache as he went. Oh, pardon me. Hello, Vila. Ah, I've come to say goodbye, Strockmorton. Let me just put this toast down someplace. There. Well, uh... I might not see you again. That's why I came over now. Well, I'm glad you did. Glad you did. Um, you're leaving today, then? Tonight. Oh, tonight. At 9.15. 9.15. That's when my train goes. Train. You're going on the train, then? Yes. Well, I... I've brought you a key to my house. I'd like to leave it with you. Uh, Judge Hooker's handling the house for me, of course, but I thought if he wanted to show it to anybody, why... This is the key. That's the key. I'll take good care of it. I'll hang it on a nail or something. Uh, that's the key to the front door, not the back door. Uh, there's a different key to the back door, but this is the key to the front door. Oh, uh, I see. Well, I'll tell him to try it on the front door. If they have any trouble, tell them to push down a little. Uh, push down a little. Uh, push down and then turn it. Uh, turn it. I see. Well... By the way, I want to thank you for your wedding present. It was simply lovely. Oh, uh, there's nothing. Well, it was lovely, and you shouldn't have done it. I'll write you a formal thank you letter, of course, as soon as I get my stationery, but I wanted to thank you anyway. Well, thanks. It was really lovely. Uh, glad you liked it. Uh, tell Julian Henry not to bust it. You have to handle it kind of easy, tell him. Oh, Julian Henry is very careful. He's a doctor, you know. Yes, I know. Uh, doctors have to be careful. I suppose. It's sterling silver. Yes, I noticed that. Lovely. Uh, what do you do with it, Throckmorton? Do with it? What? What do you think you do with it? It's a combination corkscrew, bottle opener, cheese knife, and pickle fork. I knew it was something. But when I came to list the presents, I didn't know what to write down. Oh, I think it's lovely. Thanks. Well? Well, I suppose there's nothing to do but say goodbye now. Yes, I... Oh, uh, by the way, here's the bill of lading for those crates I expressed for you. You'll need this. Oh, thank you. I do hope it wasn't too much trouble. Oh, not at all. Well, uh, you're leaving tonight, you say? 9.15. 9.15. On the train. On the train. Well, goodbye, Throckmorton. Uh, do hope we'll always be friends. Friends? Oh, sure, sure, naturally. Well, I guess I'd better be going now. Goodbye. Oh, Leela. Yes? You sure you won't come in for a minute? Well, I have so many things to do, Throckmorton. I'm afraid I can't. Oh, well. Goodbye. 
Goodbye. That's a heck of a way to say goodbye to a girl. Well, that's a heck of a way to say goodbye to me. Nuts. Why didn't I ask her if I could drive her down to the station? Who left this football here? Leroy, confound it! Well, tell him not to leave his football lying around where people can bump into it. Mr. Gillsleeve, you planning to go out tonight? I don't know, Bertie. I haven't decided. I don't know what I'm doing tonight. Oh. Too bad about that dish. I wish I had some glue. I could fix it if I had some glue. Glass glue. Yeah, let it go. We'll get another dish. Gonna be hard to get another one like that. We got that one with soap chips. Soap chips is hard to find. Yes, well, never mind. Last time I went to market, I laid in two dollars worth of canned goods we didn't need just to get one box of soap chips. Then when he looked under the counter, he didn't have no soap chips. At least that's what he said. Uh Uh-huh. It's getting so things are just as bad under the counter as they are on the shelves. Pretty soon they'll be as bad in the basement as they are under the counter. Then what'll they do? Guess I'll have to dig. Miss Gilsey, you feeling all right? Perfectly. You don't seem to talk much. I'm reading the newspaper. I'm trying to. Would you rather read today's paper? Huh? That's last week's paper you got now. Where did I get this? That's the paper I put under the toaster to keep it from burning the table. Uh, funny, I didn't notice. Here's today. Oh, <laughs> thanks. Mr. Gilsey, now have you decided? Uh, decided what? About tonight, whether you're going out. Oh, if you want to go out, Bertie, go ahead. I have no plans. Oh, I don't want to go out if you're going out. That's all right. You go ahead, Bertie. Well, thank you, sir. I'll go phone Lily Beach. Now, why did I say that? Maybe I will want to go out. Darn it, why didn't I offer to drive Leela to the station? Of course, there's still time. I could call her up and no. That's just what she'd want me to do. I wouldn't give her the satisfaction. She wants to marry this fellow, let her go ahead and marry him. Let him drive her to the station. Let him come all the way from Savannah and drive her to the station. Hello, Libby. Where were you, upstairs? There's one thing sure. I'm not going to sit here all evening biting my nails. Oh, well, I talked to Mr. Gilsey. Oh, Bertie, uh, just a minute. Hold it, Lily. Yes, sir? I don't like to change your plans, Bertie, but about this evening... Yes, sir? I uh, haven't quite decided. Oh. Hold everything, Lily. I'll call you back. No, it don't look so good now. Well, yes, I know it's kind of short notice, Eve... I would have called you sooner, only... Uh, look, Eve, I don't like to ask you to break a date, but if you could just see your way clear to do it just this once, just this evening, it would... Well, that's just the trouble. I tried everybody else. Hello? Hello? You hung up. What's the idea? Hmm. No, what? Excuse me, do you think... I haven't quite made up my mind yet, Bertie. Yes. Yeah. Oh! Leroy, don't slam that door. How many times... What are you doing home in the middle of the morning? Teacher sent me home. I got a cold. Oh, for heaven's sake. For a little cold? 
What are you doing, Holmes? That's my business. Stop sniffing. Go get a handkerchief. I've got one. Then use it. Okay. Come here, Leroy. Let me help him. I can blow it. What's the matter with him? Don't bother your uncle now. He's making up his mind. Making up his mind about what? He don't know, I guess. That's what he's making up his mind about. Hey, Unc. Can I go to the basketball game tonight? No, certainly not. But it doesn't cost anything, Unc. It's free. It doesn't cost anything. That's not the point. I can perfectly well afford to send you to the basketball game if I want to. But you've been sent home from school with a cold. I don't know what they sent you home for. A little cold. If you'd stop sniffing, you wouldn't have one. Bertie, I guess you better put him to bed. Oh, Unc. Well, then get out of my way and let me use that telephone. Oh, sure. Here you are, Unc. Who are you calling, Unc? Judge Hooker. None of your business. If I put on my rubbers, could I go? No. I keep warm, Unc, honest. Leroy, can't you see I'm telephoning? Hmm. Guess he isn't there. Wonder who else in the Jolly Boys I could call. Don't tell me you're going to play poker again tonight. That, Leroy, is my affair. We play for very small stakes anyway. Gosh, I can't even go to a basketball game, and he plays poker every night in a week. It's not every night in a week. Uh, oh, uh, Peavy? Uh, Gildersleeve. Uh, say, Peavy, I got to thinking. How about a little game of penny ante this evening? You and the fellas. Give you a chance to win back some of that... Well, why couldn't you? Peavy, it's not every night in the week. <laughs> Leroy, go upstairs. Look, Peavy, we played last night, granted. And we played the night before. But how long was it before that that we played? Just ask her that. And tell her what she can do. Show her who's boss, Peavy. Peavy, you know what you are? You're a ninny. Well, no, I wouldn't say that. Nuts. Well, I guess I spend the evening alone. Might as well get used to it. Won't be the only evening I'll spend alone. Evening after evening, with nobody next door. No Leela, nobody. Windows dark, shades drawn. No Leela. She... No, Leela. <laughs> What'll I do? Give me that phone. Five, eight, three, six. Peavy, you gotta do this for me. I'm asking you as a personal favor. If you ever call yourself my friend, Peavy, get the fellas over here tonight. We'll have a lot of fun, Peavy. We'll play cards, we'll play games, we'll do anything you like. We'll have a million laughs. If you love me, Peavy, do this for me. The Great Gildersleeve will be with us again in just a minute. Everyone knows that a dollar doesn't go very far these days. Still, the family is just as hungry as ever. And that's why we're always glad to remind you of a wholesome food that's high in food energy and very economical, too. That sounds like a build-up for one of your craft food products, Mr. Lang. You know I'm referring to parquet margarine, a spread for bread that's a favorite in millions of homes. 
Parquet is one of the finest of all energy foods you can serve. And it's also a reliable source of vitamin A. Every pound contains 15,000 units of this important vitamin. And in my family, parquet margarine's a very special favorite because of its fresh, sweet flavor. I think it's a grand buy, Mr. Lang, whenever it's available. That's why I always make it a point to look first for parquet. Sometimes parquet margarine may be hard to find because of the big demand. But Kraft is making all they possibly can with present supplies. So if you want to help make your food dollar go further, look first for parquet. P-A-R-K-A-Y. Parquet margarine. The delicious quality spread for bread made by the Kraft Foods Company. Now let's get back to the great Gildersleeve. Fortunately for him, Mr. Peavy has turned out to be not only a good friend, but a persuasive one. So we find Gildersleeve, Judge Hooker, Floyd the Barber, Chief of Police Gates, and Mr. Peavy seated around Gildersleeve's dining room table with a bright light shining down on them, neatly stacked chips in front of each player, and an almost new deck of cards in circulation. You're some host, Mr. Gildersleeve. I lost three dollars already. The evening's young yet, Floyd. Well, I've never seen such a run of luck as you've been having. I'll admit, I've been lucky. Lucky at cards, unlucky at love. (laughs) You're right, Floyd. But believe me, I'd rather have it the other way around. You must be crazy. No, I'm not. I win a few dollars at poker. What of it? You have a happy home, security, someone to share your joys and sorrows. Only a bachelor could say a thing like that. Now, look, anybody knocks my wife, I'll give him an argument. She's as good as anybody's wife. She has her good points. Well, she did have anyway. But here's what gets me. It's your deal, Floyd. Keep your shirt on. You're ahead. Here's what gets me about my wife. I never can tell what she's after. And they're all the same. Am I right, Chief? I think I know what you mean. Certainly. Or I'll leave it a peavy. Hey, Peeve, does your wife ever come right out and tell you what she wants, or does she sneak up on it by the way of Denver? Mrs. Peavy uses both methods. You're lucky. I never know where I stand. Like last week, for instance, she was after me like a tiger. We had to have a new washing machine. A new washing machine. That's 140 bucks. Cut the cards, Peavy. I cut them five minutes ago. Oh. Well, I said to Lovey, I said, look, Lovey, try to get this through your head. We ain't got 140 bucks. That doesn't sound like indirection to me, Floyd. Well, you're here. Yesterday, she comes up to me and she says, Floydy, I got the old washer fixed for only $16. Can I have a new coat? You know what I think? I think she was after the coat all the time. If she'd asked you right out for the coat, you'd have complained anyway. I did. It's not important, Floyd. You married men have something solid you can build your lives around. Something to give your lives direction. I get plenty of that. When you're sick, who takes care of you? When you're discouraged, who cheers you up? When you come home tired after a day's work, who stands there ready to welcome you? Lovey. Hazel. Mrs. Peavy. There you are. But me? I come home to an empty house. Oh, poppycock. You've got the best cook in town and two fine children. It's not the same as a wife, Horace. It's not the same. Oh, you make me tired, trying to behave as if you'd sustained a tragic loss. If Leela meant so much to you, why didn't you ask her to marry you? I did. I was engaged to her. You know I was. At the time you were engaged to Leela, she was married to Beauregard Ransom. I didn't know that. I made my proposal in good faith. Yeah. But have you ever proposed to her since she became a bona fide, legitimate widow? 
Well, maybe not in so many words. Uh, no, I guess I haven't. And stop complaining. Would you mind dealing for us? Excuse me, fellas. Hello? I'll be right over. Hey. Hey. Hold on, I'll be right over. Goodbye. Hildersleeve, I must say, since we're here as a favor to you... And I'm out three dollars as I said here. Fellas, please, I'll be back. There's Cokes in the icebox. Where's my hat? Oh, on my head. See you later, fellas. Well, how do you like that? What am I running for? She won't be ready. Yeah, but what do I care? Hey, Leela. It's right fine, you darling, to come and get me like this at the last minute. Oh, no trouble at all. Well, if you'll take my bag, I guess we ought to get started. Uh, this all the baggage you've got? Hmm. Can't be more than a couple of handkerchiefs in there. Oh, there's a few little things. Gracious, I guess I'll have to ask you to lock my door. Uh, did you bring the key? Key? Oh, yes. Uh, yeah. Here. Can't seem to... You have to push down a little. Why, honey, your hand is shaking. <laughs> I'll get it. There. Well, are we all ready? I guess so. I'll just put your bag in the back. All right, Leela. Pile in, and away we go. Mm. Well, uh, what's the matter? You forget something? I was just taking one last look at my little house. We have time, haven't we? Time? Oh, sure. Yeah, go ahead. It's really a sweet little house. And I've had some awfully happy moments in it these last five years. What are you thinking, Throckmorton? Your leaves need raking. Let's get started, shall we? I hate having to hurry for a train Leela, what's the matter now? Nothing, Throckmorton, only let's get started, please suppose this is the last time I'll ever see West Fifth Street. There's Shaw's Bakery and Melsa's Hardwire. You know something, Trockmore? What? I told you a fib on the telephone. The fib? Mm. You did? How? I never sent for a cab at all. I was going to send for one, but, but then I thought I'd rather see you. Well, gosh, why didn't you ask me sooner? I might have been out. I don't know. But I'd, I'd been kind of thinking all day. I was thinking we never really got to say goodbye to each other. You thought that too? Oh, it was awful this morning. Like two strangers. You're right. That's just what it was. Two strangers. But we're not strangers, Throckmorton. We've been very, very good friends. Yes, we have. We've been... Didn't see that car. Throckmorton, would you mind holding my hand just till we get to the station? 
Let's just sit here for a minute, shall we? Sure. I've got my ticket and everything. All I have to do is get on the train. Uh, got your uh, Pullman reservation? Oh, yes. Upper nine in car 64. Upper? Uh, couldn't you get a lower? Oh, I always buy an upper. It costs less, silly. And then occasionally I meet someone who insists I'm trading with me. Yeah. <laughs> what a girl. Do you think you'll miss me, Throckmorton? You bet I will. I'm afraid I'm going to miss you, too, sometime. Leela? Yes, Throckmorton. Nothing. We've had a lot of fun together. Do you remember the time we went on the picnic out by the old haunted house? Sure. And we took off our shoes and stockings and, and played in the brook. And then we lay on the grass and looked up at the great big white clouds. I remember. That was a perfect day. Perfect. Until that old cow came and chased us away. Yeah, it chased you away. You thought it was a bull. So did you. But you were brave. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Do you believe in fate, Throckmorton? Uh, fate? <laughs> Well, I don't know. I never thought much about it. I believe in it. I think that fate throws people together for a reason. It's not just accident. Huh? How do you mean? Well, just think. If I hadn't come to Summerfield, I never would have met you. That's fate. Mm -hmm. Yes, you're right. I never thought of it that way. And now, just because I went south for the summer, fate has decreed I'm to be married. It's, it's almost uncanny. If I hadn't gone down there, who knows? I didn't know you had this deep side, do you, Leela? Oh, I have. I don't often show it, that's all. Leela? Yes, Throckmorton. I'm afraid that's my train, Throckmorton. Yeah, that's right. Whistling for Moore's Junction. Uh, can you get my bag? Yeah. I'll get it, Leela. Mercy, that's not my train, is it? No, that's just a switch engine. Your train won't be here for another minute or two. Another minute. And then you may never see me again. Leela. I'm sorry. Leela. Yes, Rockmore. About this fellow, Julian Henry. Would have it made any difference if I'd asked you to marry me? Yes, Rockmore. It might have made a great deal. Oh. There's my train. The train that's taken me to my wedding, Throckmorton. <laughs> I feel terribly alone. I'm a little frightened going down there to marry Julian Henry. I don't really know him so very well. He's terribly nice, of course, and he's built up a
did you say, Throckmorton? I didn't say anything, Leela. Did you hear what I was saying just before the train came in? I'm frightened, Throckmorton. Maybe I shouldn't rush into this. Leela. I said I'm frightened. Maybe I shouldn't take this train. Leela, I'm sure you're going to be very happy. You'll get used to Julian Henry. There's nothing to be nervous about. Now, here's your little bag. Now, you get in the train and have a good night's rest, and you'll feel just like getting married tomorrow. You don't have to shove me. Goodbye, Leela. We'll hear from the great Gildersleeve again very shortly. You women who are trying to serve good, nourishing meals within limits of the family budget know how important it is to keep a sharp lookout for the best values in food. And that's why we've been reminding you to look first for delicious, nourishing parquet margarine when you shop for your family's spread for bread. Among good energy foods, parquet margarine is one of the finest, made of rich, wholesome farm ingredients and fortified with important vitamin A. Yet, parquet usually sells for less than half the price of costly spreads. Right now, all the parquet craft can possibly make with the limited supplies available is being distributed as fairly as possible to food dealers all over the country. So be sure to look first for delicious, economical parquet. P-A-R-K-A-Y. Parquet margarine. Made by Kraft. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm going over to Kay Kaiser's College of Musical Knowledge a little later tonight. Try to win a few dollars. So stay tuned to the Senior Network, and I'll say goodnight to you later. <laughs> Good night. Oh, I... Gildersleeve is played by Harold Perry. It is written by John Whedon and Sam Moore. The music is by Jack Meekin. Included in the cast are Walter Tetley as Leroy, Lillian Randolph as Bertie, and Shirley Mitchell as Leela Ransom. Judge Hooker is Earl Ross, and Dick Legrand plays Mr. Peavy. This is John Lang saying goodnight for the Kraft Foods Company and inviting you to listen in again next Wednesday for the further adventures of The Great Gildersleeve. tried Pabstet, the cheese food that's really different.
Rich and mellow cheddar cheese flavor, easy to serve in a variety of tempting ways. Pabstet spreads easily for sandwich making, melts smoothly into an appetizing golden cheese sauce, and it slices in a distinctive way, for Pabstet can be cut into neat wedges when chilled for serving with desserts. Why not buy both varieties of this delicious, nourishing cheese food? Ask for Pimento Pabstet in the red package and Golden Cheddar Pabstet in the familiar round yellow package. This is NBC, the National Broadcasting Company. Be sure to tune in next time, my friends, for another classic comedy radio show. I'm Greg Fordyce. Thanks for listening. Thanks for 